It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are on the campus of Sacred Heart University in Fairfield, Connecticut, in front of a live studio audience. All right. They love you, man. They love you. Our first guest is Kashadis. Hi, Kashadis. How are you? I'm good in yourself. I'm doing great. I'm proud to have you on the show to talk about what I just learned about the Dunbar Project here on campus. You are, first of all, let's tell, tell us about your uh, membership with the football team. Uh, my name's Kishada Spence. I'm from uh, Boston, Massachusetts. I'm a sophomore, and I play running back. All right. And um, as a running back and a football player from day one, are you involved with the Dunbar Project? And tell us what that is. Uh, I didn't get involved with the Dunbar Project until this year. Uh, we did community service last year with the Winthrop School. It's around the corner, which is another great school. Uh, I got involved with Dunbar School off of email. Uh, coach Jeffers, a wide receivers coach, he contacted a bunch of kids to let us know about the program. And uh, me, myself, and Robert Volk and Robert Johnson and uh, a bunch of other kids in the audience, we uh, took the opportunity to go see what it was about. And uh, from day one, we loved it. Okay. And what is it, the Dunbar Project? Uh, the, Dunbar Pro the Dunbar Project is a school from uh, K-2 to 8th grade. Uh, a lot of kids are underprivileged. They'd, uh, they don't have parents. Some of them live with their grandparents. Some of them have one parent, uh, father, mother, other parents who are in jail. And uh, I actually liked it because uh, as growing up, I only was raised by one parent. I was raised by my mother. Uh, when I was growing up, she had told me the story about uh, middle school, how my father had got in trouble and whatnot. So uh, I didn't have kids to come in and impact me like we're doing. Uh, I feel like the kids are impacting me more so than I'm impacting their lives. We, um, we sit there and we'll start off with kindergartens and it can range whatever age group you want to go to. I know me and Robert Johnson last week, he, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we did eighth grade and the kids were just like all over the place. I mean, like the teacher was telling them to sit down. Uh, I'm going to write you up. And some of the kids were swearing back. It got to the point where I just stopped the class and like gave a mini speech to the kids. Just let them know uh, what you have to do, what you respect about mariners and whatnot, and what's going to happen five years from now. I remember in middle school, I sat down and it was kind of the same speech you gave. My principal sat down and he told us to look to the left and look to the right. Some of us are either going to be dead or bums on the street. And I was just like, I don't want to be that guy. So it kind of, kind of clicked. So hopefully, I gave that uh, to the kids, and uh, we didn't get to talk to eighth grade today. But so it's a mentoring program. Now, how do these kids at the school uh, look to you as you come in? As a as a hero? As um, you know, a football player? They look up to you, or or is there? You mentioned a little bit of disrespect to some of those teachers. Are they kind of know it alls, and they don't want to hear it from you? How do they respond to what you have to say when you gave that little mini speech? Uh, at first, it was just a big black kid who plays football and. Uh, <laughs> they didn't want to hear it. They knew. That's what I thought when I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, there was uh, in a group, uh, and I've learned this, in a group there's always that one kid that can impact everybody. I don't remember the kid's name, but uh, he was smart. He wore glasses. doesn't mean just because he wore glasses he was smart. But uh, I looked at his test scores <laughs> and whatnot, and he was smart, but he just wanted to be the class clown. So whatever he did, the class impacted on it. So if he was just like, I'm not going to do homework today, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to talk about what happened on Facebook and Twitter. I don't know why you have a Facebook and Twitter in eighth grade. I didn't have one. But uh, 
<laughs> they talked about that, and, and me and Rob noticed that, okay, maybe if we can talk to him and settle him down, the kids will listen. So uh, it got pretty out of hand, but I think the speech kind of did it. I didn't get a chance to check on him today, but uh, I can't wait to go back. That's amazing that you're involved with that, the whole team is, and, and really the whole campus. And I did hear that without Sacred Heart University and the work you guys do with this school, the school would close. It would shut down. How did what? Uh, that actually just came to my knowledge, uh, as it did to you. Uh, I'm guessing that um, I think we clocked in about 9,000 hours last year, which is amazing. And a lot of kids uh, have told me, and I've talked to Miss Lucy Cox, and she's told me that from us impacting the kids, their test scores have gone up. So I think that's wonderful for their test scores to go up, and it's actually showing that the kids are trying and they're improving. And all you need is somebody in life to help you go forward. That's great. 9,000 community service hours last year and all the work you do with the Dunbar School. Uh, Kashadas, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I want everybody in this audience to not applaud just for him, but for yourselves. Let's have a round of applause for everybody here at Sacred Heart University. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. We are privileged to be joined by head coach Jerry Kill of the Minnesota Golden Gopher football team in the Big Ten. We're in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hi, Jerry. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm always impressed with head coaches of major football squads. Um, obviously, your knowledge of football uh, it carried you into the head coaching position. But it's not just football that, uh, at least that I've noticed, the head coaches have in their back pocket when they deal with young student athletes. We're talking about character, academics. What are some of the things off the field that are most important with you when dealing with your own team? Well, I think the most important thing is, is there's no doubt that uh, you, you have to, you know, you have to get an education. I mean, uh, without an education, our country today, it's very difficult to be successful. And then, you know, I, I think we're in a life-saving business. We had a lot of young people that are going through a lot of things right now. Uh, we live in a different culture. There's so many things out there for them. And uh, we try to educate them every day. I think the unique thing is most people think we just talk about football, but uh, we really talk about life skills and uh, probably more than we do football in this day and age so uh, again I, I feel like uh, uh, we're uh, my wife and I are a, a father a, a wife combination of many kids and uh, ultimately the wins uh, that matter at the end of the day is how these young people turn out. Now I see within your own complex here there's a huge board in one of your meeting rooms about the top guys on your team with their grade point averages and academics that is a that's a forefront here at minnesota well it, it has to be and i think it has to be anywhere but i you know when uh, uh, we first got the job we had a little struggle in that area and i think the more you emphasize uh, the things that are important the more you'll get back from the young people so we made it important and when they have success we make sure people know about it and uh, i think kids like that uh, but we've done a good job in the classroom and and um, we got to carry it on to the football field Head coach Jerry Kill is our guest from Minnesota Golden Gopher football, and you came here from Northern Illinois. I can't help but notice how many players from Northern Illinois are in the NFL. How's that make you feel when you watch a game on Sunday and see Northern Illinois, a guy that you recruited out of high school that's now in the league? And, and now with the Gophers, too, getting in the NFL. Well, we're just, you know, I've been very fortunate and blessed to coach in this profession, you know, all the way from coaching high school football to college football. I've been able to be around a lot of great players, great people, people that are playing in the NFL, people that are doctors and, and other things in our country, and uh, it's just been a privilege to be a part of their lives. 
And on Sunday, that actually, you know, it's the day after your game, so you're busy with your own team and your own job. You don't probably get to watch NFL as much as the normal fan. No, I don't because we're always <laughs> getting ready for the next game. But at the same time, you know, we're always keeping track of the kids that have, have played for us and seeing how they've done. And, and uh, you know, it's still a huge fan. When we do get the opportunity, uh, you know, I think football's a, a great game. I always say it's the greatest game ever invented just because there's so many people that got to go the, the, the one direction at one time and have to work together and uh, so it's a great game and I enjoy watching it when I get a chance. Do you work with any charities, maybe nationally or here in Minnesota, that uh, maybe you've taken under your wing? Well, we, we my wife and I have done, a, you know, we are a part of many things. Uh, uh, we started our own cancer fund down in southern Illinois after I was diagnosed with cancer. And she's actually headed that way to, to, to run a poker run. Uh, we're partnered up with uh, Kroger Grocery Store and, and do that. And then, you know, we, we like to be involved in the community. And, uh, you know, I'm also, uh, we're involved with, uh, you know, from uh, you know a seizure organization to we're going to have a, a national day here and everybody wear purple at uh, um, we, we try to get involved as many charities as we can we feel like the most important thing I always go but back with what Woody Hayes has uh, said there at Ohio State life's about paying back and uh, so uh, uh, we love giving back and I think that's part of uh, who you should be. Coach Jerry Kill at Minnesota, we thank you for your community service. We thank you for your coaching, and we thank you for your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. Welcome back to the broadcast. Uh, I'm excited to have our, our next guests. Uh, Zach, hi, Zach. How are you? I'm doing just fine. How are you? And your friend here, your brother right here. You're in a fraternity, yeah. so he's your brother. This is uh, Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. We travel the country. We travel the world to find interesting stories of philanthropy and community service. And I hear you guys are part of an initiative at IU, Indiana University, that raises so much money. Uh, tell me all about it. What is it? How do you get the money? Who gets the money? What's going on at IU? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, actually, we got into uh, it's called IU Dance Marathon. And Alex and I actually got into it through uh, our fraternity, Sig, Sig Ep, Sigma Phi Epsilon. Uh, we join it every year, and um, it, it's a huge all-student-run philanthropical organization where we raise money, and then uh, they have roles that everybody plays. So uh, Alex and I were dancers, and to be a dancer, you raise money through uh, you know, fundraising, friends, family, whoever, and then you pay an entrance fee of $500 at least, and that's how the dancers get in, and that's kind of how they play their part. And uh, almost the entire Greek organization uh, takes part in it. And uh, this year they actually raised $2.1 million, a Gosh, little bit over. That's unbelievable. $2 million from, yeah. a, from a student-run uh, philanthropy. That's, you know how much money that is, right? And you know compared to other, I guess, colleges and their philanthropies, you know that is just an unbelievable uh, amount of time, effort, money, the service involved. I mean, that's fantastic. Congratulations. To you guys and I, you and it's. I'm still. I'm floored that you told me two two point one million dollars. That is. Do you skim off the top? Do you have a big party? Buy yourself some pizzas? I mean, come on, two point one million dollars. Uh, yeah, uh, SIGAP as an organization did uh, fourteen thousand this year, and um, 
So it's a, it's a 36-hour dance marathon, actually. All yeah, the dancers awesome. and all the workers come. It's 36 hours. We meet some Riley kids. It's all for Riley Children's Hospital in Indianapolis. Uh, that's where all the money goes, all the donations. Um, we have a bunch of guest speakers. You know, We'll have Zumba instructors coming at 3 in the morning to get everyone going. They have a morale team there. It's a, it's a huge organization. The, the university lets us do it in one of the field houses, one of the practice facilities. Um, and even like speaking of athletics, like uh, the whole basketball team showed up last year. I got to meet Cody Zeller, which was really really cool. Um, played basketball with Victor Oladipo and some some Riley kids there. And uh, then Tom Crean spoke to the whole uh, student organization who was uh, who was there. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was really cool. It was probably one of the most uh, fulfilling experiences of my life because you know you get to the end of it and you're tired and your feet hurt and. You're kind of wondering why you agreed to do it, and then they tell you you raised $2.1 million and you were a part of that, and it's just like you're floored. You know, the kids, the parents of the kids come up and say thanks, and it's well, awesome. One of, one of the coolest things, I think, was the, the IU basketball team involvement. I mean, it's such a huge event on IU's campus, and to have those guys come out and show support for the dancers, I mean, even though they've got practices, even though they've got two-a-days, and especially Tom Crean, who's so involved with Indiana University, uh, he came out and he gave a speech that just lifted everyone up. I mean, I'm almost pretty sure that uh, I know IUDM, hashtag IUDM, was uh, trending on Twitter throughout almost the whole dance marathon. I think Tom Crean was trending when he, uh, when he came in to speak for us so I mean his involvement and the whole basketball team's involvement was just amazing uh, to you know uplift the dancers okay so hashtag IUDM for Indiana University Dance Marathon uh, what are the uh, speaking of social networking uh, is there a Facebook page devoted just to the dance marathon how can we learn more uh, digitally how to be involved with this maybe even donate some money well, there's, there's definitely a Facebook page, uh, Indiana University Dance Marathon, and they might even have the 2013 one set up already. Um, there's also a Twitter, Indiana University Dance Marathon, and each individual dancer has a page um, on their Riley's uh, to, to give money, to give donations, where they'll post to their Twitter and they'll post to their Facebook, where really anyone who sees it can go give money, your family, your Facebook friends. Um, you always call you know, your, your relatives, they give some money, but a lot of Facebook friends and uh, you know, relatives that are far off that see it give money too. So it's, it's a huge initiative with uh, social media as well. So out of the, uh, all these students, hundreds of students involved with doing this, how many of these students actually dance during the dance marathon? Let's see, there were... All, all, every single Greek organization did it, and usually every single incoming class did it. So at least, let's see, around 60 Greek organizations, yeah. and then uh, at least 20 per organization. I mean, you got that there, and then you got all the student-run functions that always uh, put in people, IUSF. Um, IUDM has their own dancers. There's individual dancers as freshmen. Alex, so, did you dance? I danced. I danced for 18 hours right <laughs> on my feet. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was, it was quite the experience. I'm, I'm not going to lie, at times I was tired, but every time you get really down and you think that you can't dance anymore, O'Reilly's kid comes up and you just feel really selfish that you're yeah. complaining about 18 hours when they've been in a bed and they've been through surgeries and so much their whole life. So it's, it's, it helps you get you through it. Did, uh, Zach, did you dance? I did dance. Um, actually, what really floored me the most is that the university doesn't put this on. This is entirely student-run. It's entirely student-set up. And so uh, there are people that work on this for six, eight, ten year-round students that, that are really dedicated to this cause. And uh, so I, I danced. I was also an 18-hour dancer, and it was, uh, 
it's it's got a lot like Alex said, you know, you'll get to a point where you're getting tired and you sit down or you you know talk to a Riley family or a Riley kid who comes up and says, you know, thank you so much. Like you have no idea how much this means to me or, or you know, this organization helped pay for my daughter's surgery and like it, it can bring you to tears, you know, it can bring you to your knees and it's uh it's a really powerful and moving experience. That's hugely important. Uh, Zach and Alex from Indiana University, part of the IU Dance Marathon, which most recently raised uh, over two million dollars for Riley's Children's Hospital. Gentlemen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for your service, uh, and uh, thanks for just letting me hang out with you. Yeah, that was awesome. Thanks. Thank you. And before I let you go, i got to ask you real quick, since you're uh, IU fans and students, this run the IU basketball team is on, holy cow, and you got a chance to hear Tom Crean speak. I mean, He's got to be omnipresent walking around campus. Cody Zeller, he's almost seven feet tall. I mean, is it like you're almost hanging out with rock stars? I mean, I think my first week on campus, I was, uh, I was riding my bike to one of my classes, and I saw Oladipo, and I was just so starstruck. I was like, <laughs> hey, uh, Victor, Victor. And he looked at me, and I was just like, hey, hey. And I just rode away. I just felt so stupid, but I was just <laughs> so starstruck. But uh, as you said, Tom Crean on campus, I mean, he's out there before the uh, – lining up for general admission when everyone's out there, you know, as early as they can be. He goes out there and pumps up the crowd. He's one of the best, most involved coaches on, you know, in in NCAA. How about for you, your best uh, IU basketball experience so far on campus? Uh, Well, actually, my first IU basketball experience um, was years and years ago. Um, I got to meet... Tom Coverdale, but uh, my oh, most cool. recent uh, kind of, I have two actually. My senior year, I was walking back from the stadium. I was on a tour day. I was actually staying with my cousin, uh, who also goes to IU, and I'm walking back, and I'm, I'm near the library, and I see this really tall guy across the st- street, and I'm like, that guy's really tall, and then I was like, oh my god, that's Cody Zeller, so I shouted to him, and he kind of looked at me, and I was like, I think I made the biggest fool of myself, <laughs> but the, the worst thing was I was driving through campus, uh, three or four weeks into school, and Tom Crean was jogging, and he was jogging across the street that I was driving on, and I was so like shot, like shell shocked to see Tom Crean like living in the f- flesh for the first time that I almost actually hit him with my car, and uh, he kind of looked at me like, "Whoa!" <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah. On behalf of basketball fans, coast to coast, thank you for not running over Tom Crean. <laughs> Yeah, that would have that would have probably made me the most hated person on IU's campus. So I'm uh, I'm glad I dodged that bullet. You can catch up with the Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. We continue from Sun Life Stadium in Miami, Florida. Our guest is Paula Bossler. Hi, Paula. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm excited to meet you with uh, your purple shirt on, the major color of the FedEx logo, and you are uh, uh, kind of a bigwig with FedEx. What's your title? <laughs> I'm. Um, You're important. I'm in the corporate communications group. Yeah, that's. I don't. Should I send you a resume? I don't know. I, I might want to work for you. I don't know. Maybe you do. <laughs> that's a brush off. <laughs> I've heard that before. Paula Bosler is our guest with FedEx and uh, one of the major sponsors of the All Pro Dad Father and Kid Experience. I've been to the uh, events in Pittsburgh, in Indianapolis, and now here in Miami with the Dolphins. Uh, how did you guys get involved with this? 
Well, we started probably about four years ago in Indianapolis um, when we were contacted about participate. FedEx was contacted about participating, and uh, we have our second largest uh, hub in Indianapolis and a large employee base. So we thought it would be a great opportunity to uh, work with the Colts and work with All Pro Dad, um, get our employees involved, and and sort of see what the program was about. And really, from there, we've grown. We've we've done um, the program in in Baltimore previously. We've been in Pittsburgh the last few years and this is our first time in Miami and we're very excited to be here. Our employees love it to be able to get on the field and um, really work with the community and um, show that we um, really value um, the communities in which we work and live. The volunteers that you bring uh, with the FedEx purple shirts, it seems like it's I mean, this is such a cool thing. It almost seems like it's a reward for them. Do you have, I mean, more employees than you can bring? How do you pick which employees gets to be the FedEx volunteers for these events where you get to tour an NFL stadium, meet NFL personalities and head coaches? Who, who gets in? Well, really, FedEx, really all around the world. I mean, we have tremendous employees who volunteer thousands and thousands of hours a year to giving back to their communities, and and we do numerous programs. Um, so when we do something new, it, it sometimes it's, it can be a little challenging um, because there's already so much going on. But when you have um, you sort of dangle a carrot like doing an event at an NFL stadium, you do have a lot of folks who want to sign up. Um, so we, um, an event like this, they really need a lot of volunteer support. So we're fortunate that really whoever can sign up and has their schedules available to do this, um, we're able to come today. And really a neat part is that they're able to bring their kids to help us yeah. work. And, and that's what we really like about it. Well, the kids, you can just watch uh, the event. They, I think their favorite part is the FedEx footballs that you guys are handing out. I mean, they're everywhere. You get bombarded. Yeah, that's actually, we, we, we feel, feel like that that's probably the, the, the best giveaway that we have. And, and um, we really like seeing the, uh, the purple football sort of shooting through the air. So. Paula Bosler is our guest with FedEx. And I want to ask you about the, uh, is, is the special branding involved with FedEx Cares. This is, uh, I'm assuming, the division of FedEx corporate that actually does foundation work, charity work all, all across the world. Fed, am I right? FedEx Cares? Well, it's really our sort of our umbrella statement for all of our charitable um, giving programs and kind of just puts the, the stamp on, on what our, our movement is. And, and, and uh, it's FedEx Cares could be one employee, you know, volunteering a Saturday morning at their local food pantry, or it could be hundreds of employees. Um, kicking off our United Way campaign. So it's really FedEx employees out in their communities anywhere in the world giving back. So it's more of a mindset than uh, it's a mantra. It's not necessarily a brand. Exactly, yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, Paula Bosler from FedEx and FedEx Cares is with us here on the Adam Rich Show. And uh, you were mentioning earlier uh, about other events you do with the NFL besides the All-Pro Dad, uh, which isn't even – the NFL, to be honest with you, All Pro Dad is part of Family First. It's a completely separate entity. What else do you guys do with the NFL? 
Well, FedEx is actually the official um, express delivery company for the NFL, so we are delivering um, pretty much anything that's, that the NFL sends, uh, sends out. Um, and um, as we get ready for the next Super Bowl um, in New Orleans, um, FedEx is very busy getting preparing for, for those moves. And af- having experienced the Super Bowl last year in Indianapolis, um, it's, it's really amazing. It's quite a, uh, an endeavor to um, really transport, deliver everything that goes into uh, hosting a Super Bowl. And so um, FedEx and the NFL have had a long, um, many-year partnership um, uh, in that. Um, we're also involved um, on the charitable side. We have a couple of programs that we, we do. Uh, one is with Junior Achievement um, and the Air and Ground Player of the Week. You may have, um, be yeah, familiar yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. So fans can go to NFL.com and um, vote for their favorite um, player on offense and defense um, each week, and the winner um, is awarded um, a grant for their local Junior Achievement in their community. So that goes on through the entire um, NFL season, and then at the end of the year, there's um, a an official player of the year, so there'll be an air winner and a ground winner, um, and then a larger contribution is made to their local JA chapter. That's fantastic. Uh, and then finally, I know you're busy, you got to go. What is your, personally for you, Paula, what, what is your favorite moment from working behind the scenes? Your VIP access? I mean, have you had lunch with Peyton Manning? I mean, uh, what's your favorite moment? Um, you know, I... I I would have to say, being a, a, a native Miamian and being able to walk on the field here um, uh, is quite exciting to me. Um, and I, living in Indianapolis, you know, you don't get that chance very often. But I think my favorite moment really is our employees really love the opportunity to be able to give back. So it's really meeting them and watching them, um, you know, in their communities um, because we have such a great team and interacting with these kids that are here. I mean, it, it just makes it makes you feel good about it. Paula Bossler from FedEx, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great rest of the day here at the All Pro Dad event here in Miami. Thank you very much. The Adam Ritz Show. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. I'm in Tuscaloosa, Alabama at the University of Alabama with Jeff Purinton. Hi, Jeff. How we doing? We're doing fantastic. You're the, uh, what are you, some sort of athletic director here? <laughs> some sort of. we got quite a few here, but I work with communications and uh more so with football than anything else, so I'm just one of the one of the guys here, uh, working hard at the University of Alabama and enjoying what we do. As uh, associate athletic director at the University of Alabama, uh, I'm certain your role was uh, very in depth with the um, tornado that hit Tuscaloosa over a year ago. I think it was just a couple of Aprils ago, Aprils right. ago, and uh, boy, it really touched the whole nation. Everybody remembers where they were when they heard about that devastating tornado through Tuscaloosa. Um, and really, I, I mean, there was some campus damage as well, wasn't there? It just missed campus, and you can see, uh, actually step out of this building, I mean, literally not even a half mile from the athletic center, the basketball facility, the stadium, everything. It literally just missed. But some of the off- campus housing and apartments, all of those houses were uh, completely devastated and knocked to the ground. And then your student athletes, the Crimson Tide, uh, really pulled together. I remember seeing stories, uh, national media news outlets covering stories of student athletes and really everybody in the entire state of Alabama coming together to pitch in to help the families, the victims of that tornado. Maybe talk about uh, your student athletes. What was their role in the community during that tragedy? 
Well, I think the first thing, obviously, everybody did was make sure everybody was accounted for. And we were fortunate that uh, we didn't lose any of our student-athletes. There were some students that passed away. And then the next thing was, what, what can we do to help? And Coach Saban's message to the football team was, these, these fans and the people of this community and this state have been there for you during the worst of times. Now it's time for us to be there for them. And I think the next day after the tornado, once we found out all the players were, were okay, he gave that message to them and kind of challenged our team to go out and, and make a difference. So I know every Saturday our strength coach would take 40 or 50 guys out and they'd clean up, build houses, whatever the case may be. Coach Saban did a 14 for 14 for each national championship, uh, rebuilding houses in the community. So rebuild 14 houses. They're almost finished with that. Our players went and worked on that along with the other sports. We even had players from Kent State came down and worked with our players, people from Auburn, you know, student-athletes and students at Auburn came here along with other schools who we played in other sports. So it was really neat to see everybody, not only in the community, but the state, the southeast, college athletics just kind of unite uh, for one common goal. It was, it was really neat to see and take something that was such a negative and so devastating mm -hmm. and turn it into a positive. And then I heard recently that there were some, uh, I guess, accolades or awards. Not that you do that for awards, but there was some sort of, what was it, the Disney Award that was given to the University Correct. of Alabama, the student-athletes for this? Right. Every year in December, ESPN gives the Disney Spirit Award at their college football award show where they give the Doak Walker Award and all those different uh, individual awards. But we submitted our football team uh, as a possible uh, winner of the award, and they were selected, and Carson Tinker um, who actually lost his girlfriend in the tornado, and he had done a lot in terms of speaking in the community and trying to be a positive influence on people. He went and accepted the award along with some of our players and Coach Saban. So that was a great honor, and, and Coach even talks about, you know, the national championship and all those things are, are awesome, and, and that's why you play. But he's most proud probably of the Disney Spirit Award and receiving that in December. I was going to say, you know, that almost sounds – Better. That's more impressive than the national right. championship. That is a great award. That is fantastic for your guys. No question. And I think you, everybody who saw that video and watched the award show, I mean, if you watched that, you had a lump in your throat. There's not, no matter where you are, who you rooted for. And around here, you know, with the, all the national championships and success, there's 14 national championships. There's only one Disney Spirit Award. So yeah. it is very significant, and people are, are proud of it. Jeff Purinton is our guest, Associate Athletic Director with the University of Alabama uh, Athletics. And uh, let's have some fun now on this campus. I have to assume football Saturdays are probably uh, the best part of working here. Besides the obvious stuff like football and national championships, what are some of your favorite things about this campus? But it's kind of if you kind of drew up a campus and, and the whole atmosphere and, and all the buildings kind of match, it's a little bit of the southern look um, but all the buildings are new as well I mean it's kind of how it's supposed to look you can walk everywhere we have a little over 30,000 students have the quad where everybody goes and you know plays throws the football or plays frisbee hangs out before the games and you know has the tents and the tailgates so all right well then I guess I should end this interview by saying two words Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide. Appreciate it. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.